Midwest girls, although I'm kind of the only Midwest girl here tonight. Singular, not plural. So, yes. I have my husband, Jesse, joining me tonight. Midwest man? Midwest man. Mm. My Midwest man. <laughs> he is truly a Midwest man. <laughs> very much so. What do you tell him a bit about yourself there as I call you a Midwest man? What would make you by definition? Besides uh, the location of which you live. Right. That's what I was going to be the first starting point, I guess. Uh, no, I, I grew up on the farm. Um, I'm back home. i uh, back working with uh, cattle. I am a just an outdoorsy person in general. So, yeah, I guess. Not just outdoorsy. Like, you're a man. He <laughs> builds things. He builds this. He built this very house I'm sitting in. He's no sissy, Mary. Yeah, this is true. This is true. <laughs> I've done a, th- I've, I've done a few things. Yes, that would make me qualify as a man. Yes, yeah, I, I'm a fan. Ah, good. I'm a Thank fan. You. Okay, so anyways, um, in all seriousness, this is Jesse. He's been on one other podcast. He has been helping us with um, our mics this week. Unfortunately, we've kind of narrowed it down to we might need a mixing board. Um, so we are. Using one mic tonight in hopes that it will not, I don't need to go into it, but just be a bit clearer for you all. Um, before we get started, I'm going to give a big shout out to our sponsor, Toops & Co. Um, if you use our code MidwestGirl10, um, you can go on there and get 10% off of all natural um, makeup and skincare beauty products. Not just skincare, I believe she has a deodorant even now, which I'm pretty excited about. Um, as I've been learning more and more on how important it is to eat clean, use clean products. And I, I'm not perfect. That being said, Jesse and I, what did we both just say before getting on the podcast that we're going to do tomorrow <laughs> due to this weekend? Back on the diet. <laughs> not a diet. Well, we healthy eat, eating. We eat well. We don't diet. Honestly, we don't believe in dieting even. Mm, we were off the wagon for a few days. We had, the kids had this carnival and there was this cakewalk and they came home with three cakes. No, two. Two. We gave, we gave a pie away. Oh, that's away. right. We gave a pie away. and But then we felt the need to go get a donut Saturday morning. And then the kids were bored. That was my idea. Sorry. And they made cookies. And I it, it has been like an insane amount of junk this weekend. Carbs slash sugar heavy weekend. And the, that's all fine. And that's okay. That's all fine and good. But yeah. Why was I saying that? Oh, the importance of clean products and clean eating. Like I'm just learning more and more that it really does matter. So I try to live by an 80-20 rule. So if you're looking to make some small changes in your life to have cleaner products, I highly recommend starting with Toops & Co. Midwest Girls 10. And a big thank you to Emily of Emily Toops, who is the owner and founder of Toops & Co. Makes all these products basically from her farm. Like the tallow comes from like... Her farm, all these products, it's amazing. So, enough about that. Go get some. <laughs> all right, Jesse. Not so short and sweet, but well, in the end, it was to the point. Yeah, so I suppose so. I appreciate that. Whatever. Um, Jesse, we decided that we were going to come on here and talk about just plainly our marriage, and mm-hmm. our. We wanted to really focus on our need to. Not our need to, how we have learned how important it is to, I guess the word is be real, but also to serve. 
What's the what's the verbiage I used earlier? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember. Well, that's really sad. Um, mm. No, not not you. That we both can't remember. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> um, that how important it is to put the other before yourself. Correct. How I mean, really, that's the definition of love. What real love looks like in marriage, I guess, is what we want to be on here talking about today. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unconditional. A service to the other it's it's not about you anymore once you get married uh, it's in service of, of the other and obviously there's there's a lot more that goes into marriage uh, making a marriage work than that um, we've been married for 15 years it'll be 16 years this October ah that's crazy I know uh, I can't hold a candle to some of the individuals that we know though but those are um, you know, shining examples of, of what marriage can be um, and how um, long-lasting and forever it really is. I mean, when you take those vows, that's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Before we, like, get into that, let's just talk about them, about our early years and why we had to choose to love each other. Mm. And I believe everyone... It comes down to that choice in your marriage. We all come to this choice of, I'm going to honor this holy vow I took, or I'm not. And it is a choice, believe it or not. Like, it's not a natural... to The, the ushy-gushy love, the, the puppy love at the beginning, that is completely natural, hormonal, attraction-driven. The minute that you take a vow and you don't want to follow it, that love is a choice. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not that you want to break it, but like, if you're really upset about something in your marriage, and I guess you're being tested for the first time, like, am I going to show my spouse grace and love in this moment, or I'm going to, to not? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a it's a maturity thing. Um, us as Christians, it's also a spiritual maturity thing as well. Mm-hmm. And that's um, why marriage sanctifies us. Correct. Um, we were young when we got married. Um, Meg was 19. I was almost 20. I was 20. You were 24. 24, right? Yeah, you're four years older than me. <laughs> Good job on the math. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we were, see, we were very young, um, but we had... We had uh, amazing um, mentors, mentors early on. Well, correct, but it was also our, our upbringing. Yes. Um, you know, we both had uh, parents that were married, uh, never divorced. And so we had that um, as an example. I think that does play a part in, um, in marriage, mm-hmm. uh, in our marriage. And, of course, you know, like Meg said, we had phenomenal uh, mentors that we could reach out to. Um, and we had a, you know, we had a great church that really uh, helped us out uh, early on, not only in our um, our marriage but our spiritual walk mm-hmm. as well. They really taught us a lot. So yeah. we learned a lot in the in our early years. Um, but again, um, our age, yeah, our age did show at times, and you know, we're not we're not ashamed to admit where. Where we where fell we short, mm-hmm. um, but 
think that's what makes marriages stronger is when you can recognize those things and, and learn from them. Yeah. Well, we're just kind of here to be an open book. So if you find yourself, you know, dating or find, looking to be engaged, these are things that you want to talk about. Like, I highly recommend finding a, a pastor, mentors, and some serious conversation, premarital counseling if you're, if you're engaged. Um, I think that laid good foundations for us, for sure. And then we still had some, you know, some hiccups. Everyone's going to have hiccups. But um, I guess the second year into our marriage is kind of what we're referencing here. Um, We had a ton of fun. Don't get us wrong. Being a newlywed is amazing. But the second year of marriage, uh, we were both living in Columbus, working. Jesse was... um, getting his career started at Chase. He was doing well there. And I was floundering a bit. That's the truth. I was, like I said, young. At that point, I was probably 20 or 21. And I suddenly found myself a new wife in a city, a big city, that I felt very alone in, away from my family, away from his family. And we actually were not even close to the church we had made relationships with. We were about 45 minutes away when push came to shove. So we would go to church on Sunday, and then we'd drive back into the city, and we wouldn't see them all week. So I felt extremely isolated. And I really wanted to get out of there. I wanted to move, and I was, in my mind, I was accusing him of all this stuff, like, you're keeping us here. You you don't love me. If you love me, you would... It's like crazy insane things. Like if you love me, you would take off from work right now. Like I remember thinking stuff like that in my great maturity. And you know, he couldn't do that. It's, it's completely ridiculous. But that's where I was. And you know, and he wasn't perfect either. Oh no, I mean, I'll give my side of that. Um, you know, men, we are fixers. That's what we do. We solve problems and we do it uh, the easiest, try to do it the easiest way as possible, come up with the best solution and, and move on it. And I tried to do that uh, countless times. There were decisions that I made that were not very uh, wise. <laughs> and um, I mean, one example was reaching out to uh, a friend of ours from church to say, hey, can you just reach out to Meg and check on her and everything, and that that was a big mistake. Oh my gosh, ladies, are you with me in this? Like, he called this woman to call me and hang out with me. <gasps> I felt so pathetic. Again, let's uh, let's go rewind to where we said how we were young and uh, uh, not as wise as what we are now. Um, but that's definitely something where um, where I went wrong. You meant well. Like oh, I can rec- oh, I think I even recognized it then, but I was like, don't ever do that again. Yeah, I got a good talking to um, uh, after that. But uh, you know, those are the those are the things you learn. Those are the mistakes you make that make you a better couple in the end. Um, for us, it, it just came down to communication. And yeah, we did have uh, a lot of uh, discussions, plenty of arguments on. Uh, why we were, why we continued to stay in Columbus. Yeah, and the reason we finally sought out counsel 
was I actually heard a pastor say one time, if there was something that kept coming up in your marriage that you could not resolve, like it's showing its face again, it's showing again, you're arguing about this again, you need to seek counsel in that. And that's what this issue was for us. Like we would go and we'd have fun and live in the newlywed life. And all of a sudden I'd be in tears again and we would argue and the night would end badly. And then a few weeks later it would happen again. And it's, we, I, you, I think it was you finally said, we're going we're gonna to go talk to Pastor Bob. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's everybody's, you know, personality as far as how they want to handle those things. Um, I have a tendency to just try to ignore it in hopes that it will go away or just, you know, speak my side of it and she'll listen and she'll understand and everything will be great. Isn't it? it wouldn't, wouldn't life be so much easier if you could just force people to understand? <laughs> Your side of everything. Uh, Just agree with me. I don't want to go through this. <laughs> but that's right. the dying to self that we're speaking of. We we needed help with that. So we Well and, and I'm a non confrontational person uh, by nature. I try to avoid conflict at, at all cost. Um, and, and that was my way of of handling that as well. So. Would you say I'm a non confrontational person? <sighs> <laughs> Oh, no. But I'm rather, I, he would rather ignore it, and I'm like, let's do this. Let's take care of this now. Because I cannot, I can't stand it if we're not okay. True. Yeah. And uh, he would, you know, he would just be like, it's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow. And I'd be like, okay. And inside, just be dying, like hating it. Like, okay. And I would, and honestly, I was trying to be understanding, but it was hurting me that these things weren't being talked about. So we sought out counseling. Yeah. And um, I, the ladies, just, I'm going to cringe as I'm saying this. I'm not proud of it, but here we go. I walked into this so assured that pastor was going to side with me. I had a list. I was like, he the blah, blah, blah. he does this. He doesn't do this. Blah, blah, blah. Like seriously, that that gross. And I went in there seriously, like so, like he is so gonna side with me. There's no way he won't. And Jesse just sat there silently as I did my list. Non-confrontational. Yeah. And the pastor, he he just sat there, folded his hands, looked straight at me, and said, "Love keeps no record of wrong." And I was like, speechless, as I should have been. I needed called out. I needed corrected. And I needed to honestly look in the mirror. I needed my sin shown to me. And that he gently corrected me I'm, with scripture. I'm so grateful for it to this day. But I, I, had, I really could not say anything after that. And I think I, I, now I say that, I think I said something even more stupid, like, I just don't feel like he loves me. And he, do you I remember that? No, I oh, don't. And he looked at me and he said, you know that's not true. Don't say it again. I was like, ooh. And he was right. Pastor Bob was right. So if Pastor Bob ever hear this, bravo to you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and so he, he said that and he basically gently said to each of us that our expectations of one another were not being met and those unmet expectations were hurting us so that communication was key but also believing the best about each other Mm -hmm. 
believing the best about each other and being humble enough to know to recognize when you are the one that's wrong. And I think so many married couples, couples in general, there's just an unwillingness to look in the mirror and say, what is my part in this problem? And God loves a humble heart, right, babe? Mm-hmm. And it that's what it takes to make our love relationship, first off, with God work. Like, we come to Jesus humbly. I am a sinner. I need you. But that sets the tone and example for every relationship here on out, like, Pride cometh before the fall. I fell flat on my face in there with my list. I needed to humble myself and recognize that I was the problem in that moment. Now, he had it too, but I was the one that kept coming with the issues and being accusatory. And it was very wrong of me. Um, yeah, I mean, for for us, it was... You know, like she said, a lot of arguments on, on where we should um, end up. Again, why are we why are we in this city and everything? Don't get me wrong. You know, we loved our church. I enjoyed my job. Um, we had phenomenal friends that came alongside us, mm-hmm. and we just developed um, so many relationships, and w- we loved it. But at, at the end of the day, we are both uh, very uh, family oriented individuals. And um, that's 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 who we wanted to be close to uh, when it came down to it. And um, you know, I just I kept pushing it off and pushing it off and, and being non-confrontational and just ignoring it whenever we would, um, you know, when this would come back up because it was always, uh, you know, it was a recurring conversation or argument um, early on for us. And, you know, I think we can, I think we can both agree that, you know, once we start having kids, um, it became uh, magnified Yeah. in, well, in that, that way. I, yes and no, Jesse. I agree. Like, we wanted that. We knew that's what we wanted eventually. But I, I feel that that time away from family was God-ordained for us to learn to lean first off on God, but also on each other. Oh, absolutely. I'm not saying that, that since we were married, you know, we were trying get back home to families I don't think we were I needed my mindset change that because here here's the truth I you know I was young I was like I'm gonna marry my boyfriend and I'm gonna take him home and we're gonna go to my parents and they're gonna buy us pizza like <laughs> you know what I'm saying like yeah. that's what we that's in my brain that's what was gonna happen and that shows the immaturity level so while I was married very young and I would say I I think people tend to push marriage off too much um just know you go into it you need to be young you need to be willing to grow together and i do appreciate that we grew together oh don't dig in your heels be willing to to mature and you have to you know we've we've heard it from countless people and i'm sure people listen to this have heard it countless times as well it's it's how key communication is in marriage um we always try to be uh, as honest as we can with each other, um, you know, even for me being non-confrontational, uh, we try to speak to each other in love. Doesn't yes. always happen that way. Yes. You know, we are human. Um, every marriage has our struggles, and we have uh, our fair share of um, 
disagreement. Yeah, but that is true, babe. That's something we do do. And like you said, we're not perfect at it, but more often than not, we we speak loving to each other. Mm-hmm. We um, we make that priority, and we've learned to quote unquote fight fair. No low boat, no low blows. You're not allowed to say certain things. And actually, someone I, I want to talk about small groups a bit, even. Sure. But we have just gotten um, a new life group. That's what we're calling them now. Off the ground, we are huge advocates of life groups. We think a lot of growing can happen in that type of environment. But someone shared advice that they were given, that we were also given in premarital counseling. And it's this, that the word divorce is not even allowed in the language because it's not an option. It's off the table. It is never allowed. And that's been our mindset. Um, It's not even an option. When you think of it that way, when you take the holy vows you've taken seriously, um, that's Good advice, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, we never let that even creep in. Yeah, don't don't give Satan that. Don't give him the that foothold hold into uh, into your marriage. Um, you know, get that get that out of there right away. Yeah. So we were down in Delaware, and I am so thankful for that time. Like, oh, it was a phenomenal time. As much as we you know missed our family, um, I wouldn't trade that for anything. I think that we really bonded and we God grew us so much there but um moving on I had a thought of where I was going with that I've lost I can't it. read your mind so I don't know where you were going don't we can't we do that now after 15 years <laughs> every now and then we do we do we have like uh we'll finish it's not even that we finish each other's thoughts but like if we're having a conversation we can predict the next topic we will both bring up and it's usually the same Based on how the conversations go. Oh, can I tell a story real quick? Yes. Okay, so uh, uh, this was um, back in October. Uh, we were headed to Wisconsin, and we had uh, uh, Sirius uh, radio playing. And it was on some, I don't know, it was like Big Band or something like that station, right? And they're playing this song. and <laughs> Oh, Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes me think of a movie. And I thought, all right, I'm going to see how this goes. I said, Meg, what movie does this remind you of? All right, say the answer on three. And I went, one, two, three. And we both said, it's a wonderful life. Yes. At the same time. That's, I mean, we're both musicians. I think that kind of plays but a it's, part in it. But we even knew what scene we were referring to. Exactly. And if you've seen the movie, it's where he almost falls in the pool. Yeah. Like, da, Yeah, they're dancing. Da, da. And we must be really good. And if you haven't seen that movie, why haven't you? <laughs> so good. Oh, plug there. Good job. Yes. And I don't care if it's black and white. In fact, I want you to watch it in black and white. It's amazing. Okay. So. Let's so let's not let's not totally shift gears yet. So we've learned what, babe, in marriage, our top three things. Like why, I guess. Do not give your emotions so much weight that they sway you, and you get all in your head, and you're confused, and you're just thinking the most awful thoughts about your spouse. In fact, I have a scripture for this. It's First Peter. Um, You know, I'm gonna start at seven. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. That therefore, be alert and of sober mind. That, to me, is saying 
Do not let your head guide your actions. Be of sober mind. Think through things clearly and don't let that be your compass in life. Let scripture and the Holy Spirit be comfort, um, compass, sorry. And then when it says love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins, choosing to love each other despite what you're feeling. Because, I mean, we've all been there. Like one moment you can be over the moon happy about something. You stub your toe and you're like wanting to curse the next. That is very fickle, you guys. We can't be following that with our life. We need a, we need scripture. We need the Holy Spirit. And we need to choose to love instead of letting us go crazy with our heads and our emotions. That's Because um, God is not the author of confusion. Satan is. God will be very clear with you. And until you can maybe even clearly vocalize that, just choose to love. Love covers that. So that, don't be swayed by your emotions. Fight fair. Mm -hmm. Divorce, the word divorce is not an option in your vocabulary. And communicate. Yeah, communicate. That's it. You know, on, on, the, on the fight fair side of things, you know, going back to a couple of things that we've learned. First off, you know, we go back to uh, life groups and the things that we have learned through studies. Um, there was a... A uh, study called The DNA Relationships by Gary Smalley mm -hmm. that we went through um, at our time at the, at the river. And it was, it, was, it was an absolutely great study. I mean, I'd highly recommend it for, for anyone. I mean, you don't have to go through it as a group. You can go through it individually. That's what I need to revisit even. But it talks about in there, um, you know, how as... As individuals, we, we tend to put up walls once we have conflict, right? So someone throws an insult at us, we lob an insult back, and, you know, these walls keep getting taller and taller. And, of course, you know, we know how, how that will turn out. But the other thing as well is when it comes to fighting fair is when you've been married for a certain amount of time, you know your spouse's triggers right oh, you know so easily. you know what's going to uh really get under their skin and you can't bring, you can't bring those things up i mean first off that shows a lack of uh, uh maturity in general but spiritual maturity as well um you know you have to remember to, to keep a, a level head and sometimes just looking at your spouse and saying i love you right now I am not happy and I need to walk away before, you know, before you say something that you are going to regret and hopefully your spouse can uh, uh, respect that. Some, some spouses are able to talk things through right away, but uh, not all of them. I'm one of those individuals that it's like, okay, I've got to, I've got to walk away before. But I would add to that. Don't just say I'm going to walk away. You need to give that person a time when you are going to talk about it because that almost gives them a pass to oh, keep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying walk away. I'm and going to walk away it. and we're going to talk about this tonight. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah, walk away, get your thoughts straight. If you need to write it down, write it down. Um, but no, you can't you can't push it off. I mean, you have to you have to address it. Yep. If you don't address it, it just it, it builds Builds inside, not only of you, but of your spouse as well, and mm -hmm. does not end well. Yeah, I, I agree there, honey.
Um, so shall we shift tracks a bit? Because right now we're sure. making marriage sound really hard and not fun, and it's amazing. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. So, like, I mean, in all seriousness, we want it to be like, yeah, we want to give you tools to have a great, fun, joyful marriage. And speaking of joyful marriage, did you like that? Good plug. Thank you. Good job. Um, we have a new life group called Joyful Marriage that we're leading together. How many couples did we have the other night? Twelve. Mm, Twelve. And with the addition of two more, at least, right, that were not in attendance. Anyway, it doesn't matter the numbers. We're just really excited about it. Um, and we would like yeah. to extend an invitation if you are in our area and you're a married couple. We want you there. It doesn't matter what church you go to or if you don't go to church. We would love to see you at um, at our Joyful Marriage group because we just think that marriage is one of God's greatest gifts after Jesus. I think it is his greatest gift um, for us. So email, reach out, Instagram us about that. Um, so joyful marriage. Babe, what do we do for fun? How do we keep our marriage fun? Uh, we work. You work. That was, okay, let's just talk about that for a minute. Ugh. That was a huge adjustment. <laughs> Me okay. being like a city girl, marrying this country farm boy oh my goodness when we first moved here i had like these little house on the prairie visions <laughs> of what yeah. it was gonna be like and it is awesome and we have i love it here i wouldn't trade it but man those cows oh it was yellowstone she quotes this quote about how the cattle will always come first and i wanted to stand up and applaud like i hear you <laughs> <laughs> Not that he puts the cows before me, but they can't. That's work that cannot be put off. With the snowstorm this Christmas. Talk about that. Uh, I'm trying to remember which. The snow where your fingers were frozen the day before Christmas, Christmas Eve. <laughs> I don't remember what happened. The snowstorm. Babe, you were out there shivering, and we were had all these plans to make cookies, and you had to be out there with the cows. Yeah, well, I mean, again, it just it goes back to it. Anybody who owns livestock knows that um, there's there's no days off um, unless you have someone else helping you and you can take a day off. Um, I'm blessed enough to have a dad, and um, he does he does plenty. And, uh, yeah, the, I don't know, there was a time I was out there, and it was really stinking cold, and I'm sure my hands were doing this the entire time, but... You can't stop. You can't stop until it's done. Yeah, but okay. Seriously, we said what makes marriage fun, and then we said work. <laughs> I said it jokingly. <laughs> okay, okay. In all seriousness, no. The what makes marriage fun is learning about your spouse. Learning, you know, obviously, you have the dating right, where you're learning about that individual. But <laughs> once you get married. There's so much more um, that you learn, but that's you know that's a really uh, a fun part of it for for me. Um, Meg and I are very alike. Um, we both love to laugh. Um, we're both uh, musicians. We love music. We love all kinds of music. Uh, so we really relate to each other on on that aspect. Mm -hmm. And um, we're pulling the kids in now, which is that's like a whole new level of fun. Yeah. Like seeing your kids um, grow in their giftings and encouraging them in it together. Um, we went to, today, 
we got to, Kylie and I, we do a service at the nursing home every few months. And there is a dear woman there named Becky. And last time she made it known that to say that she loves Elvis is an understatement. She is like the biggest Elvis fan I've ever met. So I prepare, I prepared the worship side of the service for them. So I prepared some traditional songs, but then we prepared an Elvis song just for Becky. And it wasn't just me, Jesse and the kids came and sang it up, sang it with us. And it, it made her day, didn't it? It did. So that's one thing we do is, and we always done, um, well, pretty early on, we were both on worship team. Mm -hmm. And when I was worship director, Jesse was my main drummer. I mean, that's something we love doing together. So finding finding the things that you uh, love to do together, that you're gifted at, or learning a new skill together. I mean, yeah. you like to show me how to shoot guns properly. Because I'm not very good. I mean, I'm fine. That sounds a little scary now that I say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> She's okay. <laughs> but it's something, you know, he likes to show me that. So finding things that interest you and actually do it together. Like make get off the couch, get off, turn off Netflix and go do something. Yeah, make time. Don't go wrong. There's nothing wrong with, you know. Netflix is great too. Laying, you know, laying on the couch and, and watching a show or something like that. Um, the thing that that I that I always point out to people is just laugh. Yeah. Learn to laugh. Learn to have fun. Laugh at everything. Um, I am usually not a serious individual at all. No. Um, anybody that knows me in any kind of serious conversation, I tend to smirk a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's not because, uh, um, you know, because I thought of a joke or anything like that. It's just, I don't know, God uh, designed me as a very, uh, a very happy individual it's a strength of yours yeah yeah um i don't know i don't know i just I, I love to laugh well people and people love that about you i love that about you that's one of the things that attracted me early on was you were fun you made me laugh i was you made me feel comfortable even like there was and you didn't play games like boys at that you know young men they don't know how to take care of a girl's heart the way it's supposed to. I could do a whole podcast about that, like how we should be dating and what are like the rules. But Jesse, he handled my heart with care from the get-go. And he just made me feel very loved and very special. Mm -hmm. I mean, he still does. Um, and that, you know, because he did that, I was willing to, to give him my heart, if that makes sense. Your heart of hearts. My heart of hearts. Oh, Yep. The dog's you not here. You might as well bring it up. Well, he brought it up. That's what I say. I'm really weird, you guys, at the end of the day. I say that to my dog all the time, that she is in my heart of hearts, and that was that reference. And I'm not a dog I really person. feel like do that Penny should be here now. She's not. Mm -hmm. Hard pass. You've, you've, you've watched our videos in my house before. You've seen her. But, um, so yeah, we like to laugh. Um, shall we say it? I don't know what you're going to say. But the importance of sex in marriage. Yeah. It's important. That is important. We, we, you know, not to get too graphic or anything here, but it is one of the blessings of marriage. And it's not anything to be ashamed of. It is something to celebrate. And again, I think we can take it so seriously that you suck all the fun out of it. Yeah. I mean, I think so many people consider it uh, almost taboo. Yeah. Not to talk about. It, it's not a mistake. Um, God didn't 
accidentally give us those parts. He designed them. Correct. And they are made for our pleasure. Mm -hmm. And it is a, we're doing this study right now in our joyful marriage group called the mingling of souls. And it is a, uh, by Matt Chandler. It's God design, God's design for love, marriage, sex, and redemption. And it takes us through the whole uh, book of Song of Solomon. And it's, it, Get pretty, it, that book gets graphic even, like not inappropriate, but it doesn't shy around the sex topic. Right. So I think that if you are in a marriage and you're finding that difficult, like seeking counsel in that even with a very trusted individual. Yeah. but and, and talking to your spouse about it, like for once and for all, let the barriers be down and be vulnerable with the one person that God has given you for that purpose um, and and talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, it goes back to communication. You have to be able to, uh, you know, like she said, be vulnerable. Open yourself up to to discuss those things and and just talk about it. Because if, if you don't, um, then again, you know, things build up, uh, whether that's frustration, whether that's resentment or, or whatever else, mm-hmm. uh, might come up and, and then it just, it's this, uh, ripple effect, right? It just starts to affect, uh, so many other areas of, of your marriage, your marriage. or life in, in general. I mean, you know, that could, that could flow down to, um, you know, being short tempered with, uh, with your spouse, with your kids, um, there's just so much that can that can come of that. Yeah. So be be open, be honest with each other. Um, you're married for goodness sake. Don't mm-hmm. don't hold anything back. You know your 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 well, spouse. Well, communicate is, lovingly. Oh, well, absolutely. But what I am getting at is is communicate everything. I mean, your spouse is the one individual that you're supposed to be able to be completely vulnerable and go to about anything yep so and and be ready to to listen and not judge and like you know i hate this verbiage anymore but like be a safe space (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's the truth it is it is true um that's why i love the title of this even the mingling of souls um it's not just referencing like yes we're married we're bonded together as one forever they they're i can't remember what it says but in the act of being physically intimate um it's not just your bodies joining together it's your souls and you become one in every sense of the word physical spiritual emotional Mm -hmm. and it's this mingling of that and it's it's a beautiful mystery that i think god gives us i'm not going to pretend that i completely understand it but it is so important to come together in that way. And I, if ladies and, and men even, I think could enjoy this podcast. I can't high, recommend um, Francie Winslow's Heaven in Your Home podcast for very practical advice on marriage and sex. And it's Christian. It's Christian-based. So if you want like more help in that area, I recommend that podcast highly. She she speaks with such love and grace Um in a way that is not shameful. It's a very good podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you haven't listened. It's my yeah, podcast. I have not. He, I mean, he's, what, what podcast do you listen to? 
<laughs> um, you know, Matt Walsh. I mean, all the Daily Wire. Yeah. Uh, individuals. Um, I really like uh, Mike Rowe. Like his podcasts. Um, I don't know. You put me on the spot. You called me it's on okay. guard with that one. So well, those my, are the ones I can think of right just now. Just totally off track now. My newest favorite podcast. Oh, no. And here's a oh, shout out no. to Leanne and Steve and Kylie now. Thanks, Steve. Blurry Creatures. It is awesome. Blurry Creatures is awesome. Like, it's their front is like, we're a Bigfoot podcast, but so much more than Bigfoot. <laughs> it's awesome. I tried. I, I just. You will understand. I someday. can't. Can't stick with it. It's like it's the it's like more understanding the supernatural, um, Genesis early Genesis six um, history. It, it's really cool, you guys. If you want something different, it's a good one. It's definitely different. It's cool. I want. I want a t-shirt. <laughs> I do, mm. and I will wear it. And I could be like, "What's that?" I'll be like, "Glad you asked." It's about Bigfoot. Oh God. <laughs> okay. No. Now no one's going to listen to me anymore. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, um, it's not really just about Bigfoot, guys. It's just a joke. Um, Here's one. After 15 years, what's new? What? In our marriage, what's new? What's new in our marriage? Yeah, shifting. Let's get off the blurry creatures topic. Oh, okay. Shift back to marriage. Oh, but blurry creatures is great. Um, okay. Not really marriage related. So, um... So what's new in our marriage after 15 years? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Talk about putting us on the spot. Us? No, it's putting you on the spot. What's new in our marriage? Okay. Well, I mean, obviously we've got the we've got the life group. Yeah. Going on. Oh, you mean like that, like very practically? Okay. Um. Like you, you were thinking literal. No. Like I've got a few more grays. Well, yeah. Coming in? Yeah, you do, and I do, too. That's mm-hmm. all right. Um, what's new in our marriage is that, yeah, we got the life group. Uh, this year, we already know this, I'm I'm not homeschooling anymore. I'm subbing in the schools. That's mm-hmm. new. That's been a big adjustment. Mm-hmm. What's new with you? Uh, I, I, uh, well, this year I started a new new job mm-hmm. um traveling uh for work which is new for me but good mm-hmm. uh good new and i think that's about it as far as new goes yeah sorry you caught me off guard with that one not gonna lie it's okay yeah i i like um i can honestly say i like it when things aren't like too new because i like being comfortable and that's not always a good thing because <laughs> we don't grow in comfort does that mean the hard things are coming um, no, they're definitely ready or not. I mean, I think they, I think they always are. Yeah. Well, anything else? I mean, so what makes our marriage work? We talked about laughing. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. What else? Not taking things too seriously. That's it. Yeah. Just. Jesus, I, obviously. My goodness. Like, Keeping yeah. God at the center of our marriage. Yeah, um, obviously that's the that's the focus around all of this. That's the center of what uh, makes all of this work. You know, um, you know because because we as as individuals long for a 
relationship. Uh, you know, God desires for a relationship with us. I mean, that's that's our, you know, our first first relationship, our first love, so to speak, as as Christians. And I think, um, you know, I think biblically speaking, it really gives us a lot of uh, outline as far as relationships goes um, you know how we're supposed to love others how we're supposed to treat others I think it really gives us a great uh, starting point um, mm -hmm. as individuals and you know you bring that into into marriage and yeah. just it works it works I mean that's how God designed it so yeah of course if you follow that it's gonna it should work I couldn't say it better. Another thing that we're having fun doing together is lifting and working out. Yeah. Yeah. But making that a focus, like just that kind of goes back to the hobbies thing, finding things you enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. um, but being really being on the same page about things like that, like, okay, we're on the same page about nutrition. We're on the same page about working out, about how we spend our time and just there are people like if you're really not into working out and it's very important to me that can cause a rift true so like being open things like that and on the nutrition side of things i think it's just basically meg saying i made this and i'm i'm gonna eat it so but you always are willing to eat it oh of course i you know like I don't... you're not slamming your foot down like i want mcdonald's oh no um you know, and we've had to, you know, make adjustments with, with gluten and dairy and everything, which is, which is fine. Um, but no, I mean, Meg's a phenomenal cook and, um, yeah, I, I eat well. So, it's, uh, it's one of the great things about our marriage is I am always well fed. Mm -hmm. It's amazing I'm not 400 pounds. Yeah. I think being, then that leads me to the thought of, expectations and communicating them not just having the expectation but kind of setting like knowing what our roles are and what I mean by that is that we came into our marriage knowing that me state being primarily a homemaker and mother mm -hmm. was our goal and we planned for that like from the get-go roadmap and, yeah. and premarital counseling. Yep, he had us do a roadmap and think about things like that. And so from the very get-go, we knew that we had to be able to live primarily off of Jesse's income. I think there's only been like maybe two to three years total our marriage that I haven't brought in some sort of income because I've always done like piano lessons or worship or, you know, just other things that I've done. I've worked. But it's never been our bread and butter. Our bread and butter has always been Jess. And that was something that we were communicated and we have always lived our lives. So that's put us on the scene. It's taught, taught us how to talk about our finances. Yep. It has um, made us realize what our roles are. like, And what I mean by that is Jesse, he works full time. And then he decided he wanted the cat to do the cattle too. So I that makes me understand that the home... The yard, the uh, bookkeeping, not the bookkeeping of the cow, but like our finances um, and cooking, that's my job. That's not his 
that's and that's what I'm willing to do. Now yours may look completely different, but the point is we communicated that. If you're a family, if you're a family that is very important to like, okay, well she is working and this and okay, well she's gonna clean and he's gonna cook. Those are things like resentments can grow mm-hmm. if you do not lay that out. Yeah, and, and to piggyback off of that, um, being the um, you know being the primary income uh, for our marriage and, and learning that early on, knowing that. Has given me, um, uh, I guess, a drive, yeah. uh, so to speak, to um, always strive to do better, to do more. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with with making, you know, more money. Um, I, you know, I think God obviously wants us to be happy um, biblically. You know, it says the. The greed of money leads to destruction, um, but that's always given me a focus to always do better, to do more, to try to advance in my career. There's only been one time where where I've stepped backwards, and that was when we moved back the here, movie. and and you know God blessed us during uh, that time. He's we, blessed us beyond what I can even explain. I mean, I I, I cut my, I mean, I'm. I'm we're open book. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I cut my salary in half, in half. And you want to talk about terrifying to do as, uh, as the primary breadwinner. Um, but again, it was it was a it was a leap of faith. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this work. I'm gonna do everything that that I can in my power to make this work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we lived with mom and dad while we had three kids and uh, built this house. Over a year and a half uh, time frame, and, and your dad—I mean, your dad—what we what would we do without your parents? Oh, oh yeah, my I gosh, mean, my parents have helped us so much, and and now, you know, shifting gears, going going back to the, the communication and and where we were early on in our marriage, uh, as far as you know, arguing about. You know, all need to be close to family, or whose family are we going to go to, and everything. Do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah. So, um, you know, I really felt like God was was calling us back here, and and I knew because at the time when we lived in Delaware, we were an hour and a half from both of our parents. Yeah, and so if this is like Columbus, Jesse's were this way, and mine were that way, and so it was it was always okay. We got to go here now. We got to go here. It, it wasn't ideal. Right. Like, as much as we loved it, it wasn't ideal. Right. So, so we moved back here, which we went from an hour and a half drive to her parents from Delaware was now a two and a half hour drive. Which if you live across the country, you're like, that's nothing. And I get it. But for us with little kids, I mean, it was hard. It was really hard, and my heart goes out to those who who aren't close to their family, and that. But that's very important to us personally. Oh yeah, of course, and and um, you know, again, it, it was a leap of faith coming out here, and um, well, I mean, do you want to finish? Well, the early story? on in our marriage, I said I was not open to moving here. I I didn't see myself liking like a um, the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and. 
um, I wasn't ever like mean about it, but I was, I was just trying to be honest with him. Like, I don't think I could live there, Jesse. I just don't think that's going to fulfill me. And I kind of like what thinking I was going to do in the future. Um, but nothing, when he was starting to be very, um, he was not enjoying his job at all. Like to what's the word I'm looking for? It was kind of like sucking the life out of you. Even you were done. You didn't want to be in an office. Dissatisfied. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's like a cowboy now, whatever, whatever no, I'm not a cattleman, whatever, farmer. um, farmer, cattleman, like he was in a cubicle. It was not good. And it's not where he was thriving. And, um, my sweet sister-in-law, Nikki, I look up to her so much. She has, she, she has always, um, followed her husband and made a home wherever she's gone. And I honestly, I remember talking to her about it and I remember thinking, I want to be that. I want to like what, um, Ruth says to Naomi, where you go, I will go where you stay. I will stay. And that's, was the heart change I had, um, with Jess. Uh, he was expressing wanting to come back and help his, uh, be with his dad and the businesses and the cattle. And God just did a complete 180 in my heart. I was like, yeah, let's do it. I, there was no more fear. It was just this peace. Yeah. And I was so excited to move here and the Lord has not. So we lived here how long before Leanne? You've been here too. Five years? Six. No, six years. So we've lived like six years, and I had peace in my heart like, this is what the Lord planned. It's good. And then lo and behold, my sister moves down the road because Literally her husband two gets miles this way. the job at their, our local school as the band director. And just a few months ago, my parents moved here too. And so God gives us, like, because I trusted him, like, and I'm not saying that it always works out this way, but th- it worked out in my case. Like, I trusted him and gave him something that was, you know, very near and dear to me. Like, but I trust you, God. I choose you and my husband over that. And look at what he's done. Yeah, I mean, he knows the desires of our of our heart. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we as human beings, it's not in our nature to just wait. We want things. We want things now, you know. It's selfish, so to speak. Um, but waiting on God's timing is never pleasant, it seems like. But at, at the but same we, time, we need to... learn to do it. And absolutely. then you trust. Yeah, and, and you recognize um, along the way the, the reason for it. For it, yes. And, and it is good. And the older I am now, I'm, I find that I, I can wait a lot better. Well, he's been faithful. I can trust him with this too. I can trust you. I can trust you. I think that does just come with age and time. Yeah. You have to, God shows his faithfulness. And yeah, we need to believe, believe, and have that faith and trust. So, sorry, did I cut you off? I'm sorry if I did. Used to it. Hey. <laughs> Anywho. It's true. Well,. So yeah, putting your spouse before yourself, I think can really kind of sum this all up in all areas. Like it's loving someone more than you love yourself. Mm-hmm. That's, that's this, I don't want to say the secret because I don't think there's one secret to marriage, but it's a pretty darn good place to start. Yeah, I mean, the, the goal should be to out-bless um, the other. 
Make yeah. it a competition. It's fun. Yeah. More fun that way. Yeah, you're you're really good. I feel like you beat me a lot. No. No, are you kidding me? Yeah, I think that's it. Anything else? That's all I got. Well, with all that being said, maybe we'll have Jesse back. What you the think? The Midwest man. The Midwest man. Is there gonna be a Midwest men? A Midwest men. That'd Do you be think fun. we could get Seth on here? Where we hijack the the podcast. <laughs> That'd and be kind of funny. if you would surprise Kylie with you and that, that would make it even funnier. Like, what's this? A Midwest Men new release? We didn't release anything. <laughs> and I would say it just like that. What's this? <laughs> ah, all right. <laughs> that. Okay. <coughs> well, we love you guys, and we will see you next time. God bless. <laughs>